So in case you missed the introduction, let me give you a quick recap. My name is Kelly Fincannon, and I just started a podcast. Whoop! What? Okay, and why? Great question. Because I have a lot on my heart and mind, like at all times, and, I begin to, and I'm beginning to realize that I'm not the only one with my kind of thinking, right? So what I mean by that is I'm not the only one to struggle with these kinds of topics we're going to talk about on this show, but I'm also not the only one to have a million questions about life. So whether they be to God or a tree stump is pretty irrelevant, um, although my questions are beginning to be more towards God as I recognize his direction for my life. But maybe you don't believe in God or Jesus and yours are to a stump. That's fine too. Or maybe you have like friends and stuff in your life and you don't picture yourself talking to dead trees. Either way, I'm just really excited to work through some of these questions and deep thoughts together. So let's go ahead and dive into this episode's topic. Yay, exciting. Okay, it's my first time ever doing this, as I've said a million times, um, but the reason it's so weird is because my heart was leading me towards the topic of conviction, which is like, ugh, what a topic to begin an entire podcast with. with. Um, it seems really illogical until I tell you that this is a word that has been on my heart for upwards of five years. So later, a guest and I are going to talk about some really relevant experiences that we have in regards to conviction. But before we do, I just wanted to set the stage for you guys with a backstory. So for years now, I have been struggling with this idea of conviction, more specifically, the conviction of drunkenness. That's the conviction that's been on my life. Now, before I continue, I have to say I don't consider myself an alcoholic. I never drink every day or for the need of it necessarily, or even really that I wanted it so bad. However, I still knew I drank more than I should, and a lot of times, definitely more than I should in one setting. So when it was put on my heart a few years ago that I needed to stop what I was doing and make a change, I really was in complete denial. So drinking um, has always been sort of like a hobby. It was always there throughout my childhood, holiday parties, birthday parties, at night before I went to bed, on weekends throughout the day, restaurants, get-togethers, <laughs> vacations, you name it. So on into my adult life, it really wasn't any different except for now I was old enough to drink it. But it wasn't just like a casual drink or two. It was drink until everyone either can't hold their eyes open or someone does something plain stupid. So then Q, marrying a man who grew up with this same exact dysfunctional thinking, and all of a sudden, you have a recipe for normal. You guys, I did not want to change my normal. Shoot, I still don't. It's hard. But the crazy thing about God's conviction or what it's been for me for the last several years, it, it has not relented. It has not given up, no matter what I try to do, right? So when the feeling of conviction started a few, few years ago, it started as like a simple nudge. So something like, Kelly, alcohol can't be a part of your life like this. So I would hear something like that or, or Kelly, I have better plans for you. I need you to stop. Then it would just continue. So month after month, day after day, until those months and days really turned into years, 
the feeling that I was disobeying direct instruction for my life really continued. Maybe not every second, but it would circle back around at least once a day, you guys. So years in, seriously, years in, think about that. I finally muster up the courage to express my feelings to a really safe, really reliable, like best of the best friend. So she did one thing in this instant. She listened without judgment. Just listened. So a few weeks later, I was having coffee with the same friend and still just complete listening with no judgment whatsoever. I felt so free to just share my thoughts and feelings, even though even that was hard, even though I knew I was safe, even though I knew I had a great friend to share it with, even that was still hard. But I finally did it because you guys, when you deal with this every single day, you have to eventually talk about it or it's just going to drive you insane. So um, back to a few weeks later, I'm having coffee with the same friend and I was expressing to her that what was really getting me was that the thought of never drinking again, ever, like completely overwhelmed every part of me. So I told her how I continued to resist the small voice inside of me because the thought of that kind of commitment in and of itself made me want to freaking drink. So she told me, like best advice I've ever gotten, how about instead of committing to perfection, you tell God that you're willing to let him work on your heart in this matter. So my mind was really blown, like seriously, in that instant. It was pretty blown. I really hadn't ever thought of it that way. It seemed like a way better way to go. It still seemed a little challenging, and I was still a little reluctant, but it seemed a lot easier than saying, yes, I will never have a single drink in my entire life ever again. Because to commit to that really seemed impossible, not necessarily because of an addiction, but rather because I liked drinking, or I like drinking. To commit to never drink again seemed impossible. So not because of an addiction, but rather because I like drinking. I like the way my head breathes after the first sip, that weightless feeling. I like leaving the confinement of my house after 11 p.m. to meet up with family or a few select friends to alleviate, you know, a week of hard work. Or let me tell you, I love dancing. Now, alcohol doesn't necessarily make me love it, but it definitely provides the environment and it definitely provides the ability to stay awake for a few more hours when all my body wants to do is go to sleep. And I absolutely love a good wine and food pairing, you guys. Like seriously, I think it's going to be in heaven. I love the freeness of conversation that alcohol brings. To say I would give all this up forever was asking a lot. And it did not seem possible, like to the depths of my soul, seemed impossible. So, but to say I was willing for God to work on my heart, that didn't seem as bad, right? So the conviction I was feeling about my drinking habit led me to tell God in my car on the way home from coffee with an amazing friend that if nothing else, I was willing to allow God to come into my heart and do whatever he wanted to do with this, quote, alcohol thing. So you guys, (laughs) cue two weeks later, and I am sobbing to my entire Wednesday night women's group, except I really didn't make any sense at all. (laughs) So all I really relayed to them in tears was that I was feeling a lot of guilt about how I live my life. 
I told them Garrett and I were raised in this environment of like alcoholism and drug abuse. And I just always felt so guilty about our life. And I'm like, again, crying and just really making no sense. Like I look back now and I'm like, yeah, I can understand why that made no sense. But you guys, I knew what I was feeling. I knew I was feeling conviction. I knew I wasn't feeling guilt. I was feeling conviction. I had been a Christian or I have been a Christian for 20 plus years. I graduated from ORU. We were taught, um, if you don't know what that is, it's Oral Roberts University. It's a private Christian college in the Tulsa area. So we were taught the distinction of the voice of the Holy Spirit. I knew what God had been asking of me for the last several years. And still, I couldn't say it publicly. Still, I was babbling and making no sense because I was hiding. Still, I was hiding. So can I get an amen if you know that you cannot hide from God? right? So four days later, a wise, godly, brave woman from the women's group asked to talk to me. I was like, yeah, sure. Let's go talk. Um, And she said in the most loving, soothing, kindest way, Kelly, I had a dream about you. And I feel like God was wanting me to share something with you. I couldn't understand exactly what you were saying on Wednesday, but I think it was about drinking, maybe. It's like, yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, it was. <laughs> How'd you know? And she's like, well, I feel like God wanted me to share with you that I really don't think what you're feeling is guilt. I think what you're feeling is conviction. Um, yes, <laughs> I agree. Thanks. Yeah, I, I total confirmation in that one. Definitely conviction. Again, there's that word. That's the word that had been bubbling to the surface for years and years and years. I was just simply hiding from it. I seriously did not want to admit it to myself, to my husband, to anyone around me that I was feeling convicted because what that meant was that I was wrong and I needed to repent, but I didn't want for it to be wrong, right? So you guys, God convicted me with such love that he walked with me through a five-year process. And in complete love, he never gave up on me. Even though I denied it, denied it, denied it, hid, 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 he never stopped pursuing me, you guys. So I really don't know what you may be feeling. Maybe you have a story pretty similar to mine where you know, like in the depths of your soul, you know what you have to do, but you resist it for years, right? Like me. Um, maybe you don't have a faith that includes God or Jesus, but still you feel something similar to this. Maybe instead of alcohol, yours pertains to sex. Maybe you know a relationship in your life isn't right. Maybe you lie. Maybe it is alcohol. Maybe you've been running from God for years. Maybe you're the closest you've ever been to seeking out God for the first time. Or maybe you're the closest you've ever been to to seeking out what he has on your heart, right? So here in just a minute, we're going to dive into a conversation about conviction. But before we do, I really just want to encourage you. If you can relate to any of the things I mentioned, I just want you to know that you are so normal, okay? You're not crazy because for so many of these years, I just had this conflict within me that I was crazy. I'm driving myself crazy. I'm bringing this on, which really I kind of was driving myself crazy just from the fact that I wouldn't just bring it to the light right? I would just hide it. So that would make me go crazy, but you're not crazy. And God is probably just truly yearning for you, 
Like he is seeking after you and he's not going to give up. But like we're human, we're real, right? So throughout this process, um, here are some of the questions and thoughts I initially had about my conviction and my process for answering them or combating them if need be. Now, some of these questions have answers. Some of them really don't. But I just, when I, when I, a few weeks ago, told God in my car, you can work on this in my heart. It's like all these questions just bubbled, which subconsciously I've had these questions for all these years, but I just wouldn't let them come out because I didn't want to bring them to the light. But here are some of the questions I have, you guys, and this is just real and just straightforward. There might even be some cussing because I really don't hold back with God (laughs) because my emotions are real and my emotions are raw. So these are some of the real genuine questions that I have. The first two, I kind of found a semi-answer to. And some of them, I think they're just questions that I might not get an answer to, or maybe they'll come later, or maybe you found a question, an answer to these questions, right? So here's the first question. Do I have to stop drinking forever? Not one single drink ever again. This was like the biggest question I had for God because it seemed so unrealistic for me. Okay, so for this question, God led me to his word. So this is a verse in Proverbs, and it says, Oh, listen, dear child, become wise. Point your life in the right direction. Don't drink too much wine and get drunk. Don't eat too much food and get fat. Drunks and gluttons will end up on skid row, in a stupor, and dressed in rags. So you guys... I really felt like God like shook his head and giggled a little bit at this question, right? He really never wanted me to, or he never wanted to boss me around and control my every single consumption, but there is a reason to veer away from being drunk, right? It's not good for our future. So what I really felt like God telling me is, no, Kelly, you can have a drink. My word says, do not get drunk, right? You don't need to get drunk, especially, you know, every day, especially as many times a week as you would prefer, even once every weekend, maybe. Like, it's pretty clear, don't get drunk. So maybe ever, right? I say maybe because I'm still processing this myself, but really it says don't get drunk. So that's what it means, okay? But then the second question I, I feel like a lot of people have, and I know I grappled with for those years is how do I know I'm feeling convicted? And we're going to talk about this more in the conversation coming up. But for me, it was this feeling slash thought slash voice that would not give up. So I believe I had a choice to make these quote unquote feelings. Really, I believe it's that small voice of God inside me. And I do believe I had a choice to make it go away completely and forever. I do believe that. But what that would have required would be for me to compromise my every moral or my every goal that I had. And it would especially require me to compromise relationship with God. And I just was not willing to give that up. So throughout me continuing to make these choices, the conviction stayed. It was there. Like I said, I felt it for years, you guys, right? So um Again, we're going to talk about it a little more coming up. But for me, that is what the overwhelming feeling of conviction felt like, you guys. So 
I have some other questions, but these, again, I didn't necessarily get straightforward answers for, but just being my human nature, these are some of the questions that I had for God when it came to this, because it's hard to grapple with. It's hard to grapple with, like I said earlier, completely changing your normal, right? My normal had been my normal for years, okay? It still is. So these are the questions that I have about it, like when that's your normal. How am I supposed to relax and have fun without alcohol? Genuine question. That's real. How am I supposed to relax or have fun? This is how I relax. This is how I have fun. This is how my, I saw my parents relax and have fun. This is how I see my family relax and have fun. This is how I see some of my good friends relax and have fun. So what am I supposed to do now, God? Right? Um, why is alcohol bad? I'm like, yeah, there are definitely times where it has completely steered me in the wrong direction. Like, in that, like that verse says, where it says, you'll end up on skid row, right? A hectic mess. And there's definitely times I've seen that, but there's also times where I'm like, no, I had like a great time last night. You know, like, I don't know. Why is alcohol bad? That's just a genuine, real question that I have. Um, why do I sometimes, not necessarily all the time, but why do I sometimes feel shitty after I drink when everyone else around me really seems to enjoy it? So there's the flip side. There's the times where it's like, oh yeah, I had a great time last night. I really didn't see anything wrong with it. And then there's the times when I'm like, I feel horrible and everyone around me is just having a great old dandy old time. So what's up with that? Okay. And then another question I have since that verse says, drink and don't get drunk. Is tipsy drunk? How do I know if I've, you know, compromised that limit, right? Um, what if I want to get drunk? Like, is there an appropriate time to get drunk? But like I said earlier, I know it's pretty clear in the word that there's not. But again, you guys, this is just a question that's on my heart because, as I said, we're human and striving for that level of perfection is just so hard. So if I'm going to have these questions, I'm just going to lay them all out there, right? So I present these questions for the sole purpose of explaining the thought process I have and still have um, because I'm walking through this process. I think these are questions that anyone else who may struggle with this particular conviction, drunkenness, may have. Um, if your conviction is different, I really encourage you to just create your list of your own questions. This is a process and God just admires your willingness to figure it all out. And more than anything, I'm going to quote our guest today. Well, she may have been quoting someone else. I don't think she was, though. But more than anything, God wants your heart. That is something that the guests you're going to hear coming up said. So more than anything, more than what you think is bad or good, whether you think your conviction um, is trying to tell you that you're wrong or not, which it might be. It really doesn't matter. God wants your heart. So before anything else, give them that. And you guys, the rest is just going to come naturally. So please join us in this next episode where I dive into a really relevant conversation with an awesome guest. Um, and we're going to just discuss the realness of this, this word conviction. Okay. Thanks for listening.